In a world of endless pop culture questions, only one podcast knows. Nerds that know. Rated R. Nerd and freak. Uh, this is Bobby, and yes, yes, I am as exhausted as you are. I'm a Smurf for all flavors. Pick one. I'll be it for you. Smurf yeah. on demand. It's right, baby. Smurf, soft serve Smurf. Whatever you need, whatever flavor. It's like going to 7-Eleven and mixing the Slurpees together. It's great. <laughs> Tank? Tank. Uh, yeah, I've got... Not exhausted, which is weird. But how are you oh, not so exhausted? You have two children and a wife. Yeah. Have you gone past that point of exhaustion that you're so tired, you're overtired, and you just yeah. don't I'm at a point of delirium at this yeah. point. All right, that, that checks out. <laughs> um well we have had you're a punch drunk. There you go. Basically, yeah. Well, we have had one hell of a week this week and it all started with E3, and it's all going to end with E3, but let's start with something a little easier right now, if Bobby is available. Bobby is available. She was grabbing chapstick. Uh, Into the Heights dropped on HBO Max. Last How week. is that and easier? And theaters. And I have to say, like, I, I enjoyed it. I don't know about you guys, but I, I enjoyed it. There was a lot of there was a lot of singing in it. Was there supposed to be singing in it? No, you, halluc- you hallucinated all of that. Yeah, that was all hallucination. Oh, I mean, that- I know I've been drinking a lot of wine over the last couple of days, the weekend especially. But was there supposed to be that much singing in it? There was supposed to be more singing in it. They cut yeah, a lot of songs. I was about to say that. Like, I was surprised. I heard the soundtrack to that, well, musical. Um, Several hundred times. Yeah. And wow. I was surprised by how little music was actually in that. And the number of characters that they killed off before the show even started. Oh, yeah. Well, that was, that's what Steph was talking about. I've never seen the original one, so I didn't know that someone was dead until she told me. Did they kill people off or did they just not include them? No, they have her dead. Yeah, because they reference the people. They're just dead. They're just dead. Uh, they didn't miss the I, show. I mean, isn't that the best way to start a movie is with a genocide? Yes. I mean, it is a Disney. Well, no, it's not Disney. So let's no, it's on Disney. No, it's not. It's, uh, I was going to say it's on Disney Plus. No, but Lynn is on Disney Plus, which is why we're all going there. Usually no, it's on that's, HBO. That's a Disney thing, not usually everybody else. Are you kidding? Up started with a death. You have this happy, pretty little picture of painting. Oh, Disney. Disney little couple and then the old man loses the woman and it is heart-wrenching oh my god 
This is the point. Disney Disney kills off people. What gets me is Lynn was actively participating in the production of this movie. Which means he must have been okay with it. Right? He... What? He has multiple cameos in this movie. Also, I don't know if, if you guys noticed, but there's also a little like uh, Easter egg from uh, Hamilton in there. Did you anybody uh, catch I it? I don't think I noticed it. I think Fox being our Hamilton expert, Fox, what's the call? I did not have a chance to see it. Um, unfortunately, my sister invited me out to see it on uh Friday evening, but I had other plans, which, you know, kind of conflicted. I was bummed about it, but. Well, then I retract that call. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get back back to you on that. All right. Okay. So not only. Multiple cameos from him. Okay. Plus, there was also a couple of people who, a couple of actors who were in Hamilton who were in the this movie. Oh, but, that doesn't surprise me at all. But yeah. there was a little, I'm not going to give it away so Fox can find it. But there is a little Hamilton Easter egg in this film. Mm-hmm. So, well, Fox, sounds like you've got homework to do. Uh, you don't have to tell us what it is. But yeah. I didn't notice it, actually. I wonder uh, if, your, if your spouse noticed. Yeah, she did. She didn't say anything. Okay, well, I noticed. I caught it, like, right away. Did anyone else watch the bonus scene on this film? I did Did not. I was in a hurry to get upstairs and log on. It was a very amusing and completely irrelevant bonus scene. And I... uh, I gotta say, like, the only reason I knew it was there is because I left the credits on so I could listen to the music that was playing, and it just happened. And I was like, oh, okay, that's fortuitous. Well, now uh, I will have to go back and finish watching the credits. Yes, I I recommend it. It's just, like, a nice little close-in to uh, a certain story that was not closed in the regular course of the film. I'm assuming but that it I, closes out sunny. Yeah, but okay. First off, what did we all think? Like, we never even addressed that. It was enjoyable. But once again, I thought there was going to be more music, which is weird coming from me because I tend to not like musicals. But um, to drag at certain points where they should there should have been music. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that there's music supposed to be there. And so not hearing it kind of forced the story to drag a little bit for me. Yeah, especially when they talked the scenes that were supposed to be music. Yeah, which is weird because I tend to prefer that. But for some reason in this one, it didn't feel right. Because the music is so well done. The music from the stage show was so well done that having those scenes taken out and just spoken instead was upsetting. Mm-hmm. I definitely understand that. Like, I I enjoyed some of the talking scenes because they helped kind of break up the film, and I do feel like Hamilton was a lot of singing. Well, Hamilton like, uh, was basically an operetta. 
Yeah. Uh, Hamilton just, was not a musical. Yeah, I feel like this struck a little bit better balance, even if it was missing some iconic songs that I perhaps do not know. Yeah, so so this was a musical. Hamilton was not a musical. Hamilton was an operetta, right? Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, um, because Hamilton is 90% sung. This was a musical. This was originally done on stage as a musical. Those other songs could have been kept in there and it still would have been a musical. That other character who should have been there could have stayed in and it still would have been a musical. You know, they did add a slight political piece to this, which was not in the original stage show. Well, and they also took out a mention of a certain person. Yeah, but they were going to have to do that anyway. So, Fox, the line, um, uh, Donald Trump and I on the links and he's my caddy. You know, in the song 96,000. Yeah. Right? So he says, Tiger Woods and I on the links and he's my caddy. Yeah. They switched Tiger Woods. I, I, thought, I thought I heard Donald Trump in the, when we got to hear the first eight minutes, but maybe I'm crazy. The first, that yeah. song is not it in the first eight minutes. Yeah. It was definitely uh, Tiger Woods because I thought that was a strange turn of phrase. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was like, is that okay? I, I guess it's fine. Yeah, that's what they did. They switched up that. Um, well, they had to go with a you know, famous you know, golf person who had a short enough name. And Phil Nicholson just doesn't fit. Phil Nicholson probably would have. Uh, Arnold Palmer? Happy Gilmore? Oh, that would Anybody, I mean, seriously, from a not-too-popular president to a not-too-popular golf player because, you know, infidelity and beating his wife and cheating and all sorts of that, I don't think that was a wiser choice, but, I feel know, like it maybe. would make more sense to leave Donald Trump in. I mean, this is, we're talking about immigrants, like, everything that just happened, like, he's an overwhelmingly unpopular president. I don't think it would have gotten them in that much trouble. I don't think it would have either, but that's the line that was changed. I mean, there were several Mm -hmm. other lines that were changed, but... That's the most noticeable one. I've heard that song before. Yeah. I I do have to say, the thing I loved the most about this film and adaptation is that I have never seen a piece of cinema or or, uh, theater that so accurately represents a location and uses characters only as a driving force for that. Because personally, I don't actually care that much about any of the characters. I care that much about the location and the stories that spawned from that location. Well, I thought it was a brilliant bit bit of writing. In stories like that, the location becomes a character. Exactly. That was the main character of the story. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's interesting to me, though, um, Usnavi being, I would say, the secondary character and having the Heights be the main character. uh, It's never his name is never explained um, in the same detail. It is it it is in in like a passing moment uh, while he's storytelling to the kids. They use the visual part of it rather than. Right, but there's there's a song, uh, hundreds of stories that is cut from the from the movie, where they actually you know 
um, say, remember the story of your name and they explain his, how he got his name. Uh, and I'm in a couple of Broadway forums online and somebody was like, so I just finished this movie and I really liked it and blah, blah, blah. Could somebody tell me how he got his name? And there's like this list of comments of people explaining, oh, it was on his hat or this or that. I'm like, you guys are all fucking stupid. Um, Well, first off, yes, the boat. Second, go to the source material. Well, I know, but they they show you with a rather, it's not a short scene. It's not like it's a a cut-in scene. It's five seconds of footage kind of telling you the answer. Yes, but I'm just saying, He's like, talking about it, you know? You could go to the source footage. I'm just, Source material, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. All right, so this was Stash's idea of breaking us in slowly. I never said that. Yeah, you did. I just said I wanted to bring up something that wasn't E3 at first, because I want to break E3. Mm. <laughs> um, no, but I was really curious about all your opinions, because... I thought it was an interesting contrast to something like, um, oh my God, it's gone. Hamilton. Hamilton, thank you. Um, Because Hamilton is so deeply character-driven, and this one is driven by a setting and a location so much more that the way they fit together, I would love to see one back to the other just to see that contrast fully displayed. I thought it was really interesting to have two very similar tonally plays that are expressed so differently in their film adaptations. Well, Well, I'm curious with this release, how much the flaws will shine in Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Ridiculously. Because, I mean... Given what we just saw, the bar is particularly raised now because he, like you said, Stash, he, it's a stark contrast between Hamilton and this. And now we, the next big comparison is going to be Spielberg's West Side Story. So I, I think Spielberg's going to get lit up again and just shown you, you, you don't need to be in this, in this arena any longer. Mm-hmm. And that Though I, I agree with you completely on that, Smurf. Uh, yo, um, Lynn actually helped to do the revival of West Side Story um, back when the lights were still up on Broadway uh, to transform all of the Sharks lyrics into Puerto Rican. And so, like, he has his handprints already on that, adapta- on an adaptation of that. And so you're talking about two different pieces that he's already done. Uh, And he's actually working on another film adaptation that's going to come out on Netflix before West Side Story is released. And that is. (laughs) Oh, Spielberg's going to get flagged like a freaking damn it doll. Just. mm. Yeah. So uh, the Jonathan Larson story, uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, is going to be coming out. And Lynn's working. Lin-Manuel Miranda is working on that right now. This is the adaptation of Jonathan Larson's autobiographical pre-rent musical. Uh, and this is uh, going to be for Netflix specifically. Yo, it's going to be starring Andrew Garfield. And it's it's incredible. Um, it's all about the AIDS epidemic. And uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Jonathan Larson, 
who died of AIDS right before Rent actually got to open. Um, but like, so um, Miranda, Lynn Miranda is working on this right now. Speaking of Andrew Garfield, I saw the most wildest trailer that I never thought I would ever see. And it's through the eyes of Tammy Faye Baker. And Andrew Garfield is playing uh, Reverend Baker, Don Baker. No, that's not his first name. Anyway, the, the, the televangelist. And oh, my God, his manners are fucking killing me. <laughs> Yes! Oh my god! It is hilarious! And it's like it's like through the eyes of Tammy Faye and Can she even see past all of those eyelashes? Yes! It's hilarious! Oh my god! And I thought he was playing Tammy Faye but to see Andrew Garfield just kind of doing this simpleton act behind her you know, trying to be meek is hilarious So, but Andrew Garfield's got a lot of Broadway chops to him so He'll be fine. I'm not worried about him at all. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm not worried about him at all. It's just I think that it's going to be one more thing that uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda is going to have going on before uh, we see West Side Story. Yep. I just, mean, what an amazingly prolific creator at his age. Like, mm-hmm. I am very impressed with how he is just slamming his way through like his 50s early 50s no 40s 40s. he's in his 40s i knew it was around there yeah he's Um, gonna he i know he's uh, gonna get the last letter that he needs for the p god i i have confidence he will eventually i mean he's still he's over the hill he's in his late 40s he's you would think here he is being so prolific it's like in many ways he's doing the exact opposite of what people do at their at that age. So. No, true. Apparently, Stash believes that everybody older than him is just past their prime. And no, I believe that a certain number of creative individuals tend to retire once they reach a certain age threshold, and that is that's just how it goes. I mean, you're you're most creative when you're younger. The older you get, the more rigidly defined your mental structure becomes. Sure, to a certain extent. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying no one is creative in their fifties. No, that is kind of what you're saying. <laughs> you're saying no, the majority. I'm just saying that the level that. Lynn is operating at is very unusual for someone at this point in their life. Their life. Because he is, he is just like roaring onto every possible scene he can. He's acting, he's singing, he's creating, he's directing, he's doing all of this stuff. And it is very impressive to see. I enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I am only a lot of bit in love with him because he is ridiculously talented and just absolutely amazing. And I don't like his beard at all in, in the Heights, but other than that, (laughs) we're good. And hi, Wesley. Thanks for joining us tonight. All right. Well, do we have anything else we want to say about in the Heights before we move on? Uh, no, we talked about Tick, Tick, Boom. We talked about In the Heights. We've talked about how Steven Spielberg is going to fall on his face. 
I feel like musicals have been covered for the evening. All right. Well, Bobby, what do you want to talk about before E3? Bring something up. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the fact that Lego Masters needs to listen to us and our very creative and brilliant ideas about an OnlyFans Lego Masters, you know, nude Lego building, because then maybe their viewer ratings wouldn't have dropped by 57%. I think that's a product of a change in the world. I agree. But still, I believe that if there were people, okay, maybe not this current cast that I'm looking at on their um, cast photo, but other people building Legos in the nude, more people would watch it. I don't know. Maybe maybe some of these girls here in the front, they're really cute. There's a couple of cuties. Um, yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I, I'm looking at their images. There's the, the a couple. Nerd brothers, the nerdy twins, probably not so much. The older brother and sister, the biker brother and sister that got eliminated uh, last week, definitely, definitely don't need to see. No, don't need to see them. But let's see. Uh, there's a couple good-looking people in this this lineup. Well, I mean, let's not get distracted here. What? what? I'm just saying that I think that they would do better if they listened to our brilliant suggestion. I mean, it may be a little sure bit late for it at this point. Um, I mean, I am actually curious why they've seen such a substantial decrease in viewership. That is a huge drop for nothing really changing. Well, well quarantine ended. Quarantine changed. Yeah, that makes that so Rather than people being at home at the beginning of the summer, they're not. Yeah, I mean, it's still the same show, and you still have, you know, Will Arnett doing the hosting, and, I mean, maybe the first couple jokes were kind of okay, but he, I don't know, I think they're trying to cram too much with the special effects and the animation that they're doing. I, maybe the challenges aren't as cool, I don't know. I mean, last week's was fun, they got to blow things up, but what was bothersome to me is that the explosions seemed rather overly controlled and let me explain because you have this one that explodes in its slime all right and it comes out in a big like glob like a big goober and that's it it didn't encase anything it didn't like overflow anything so it seemed rather overly planned and it just wasn't as cool as will arnett taking a baseball bat to your lego set you know <laughs> so it's a little anticlimactic when it, something it, like it, that happens. Yes. Or, you know, let me drop it off the balcony and see what happens. Everybody's played that game. We still play that game. Hey, let's drop this off the balcony and see what happens. There are whole YouTube channels dedicated to, if we drop it off the balcony and aim for the trampoline. Exactly. I don't know if this week is going to be any better as they build sets to try to survive an earthquake, which looks kind of fun, but I like the storytelling elements. There were some great builds. The frog was awesome. The alien with the exploding ships was awesome. Other than that, it was just kind of like, eh. 
It is what it is. Gross. But it yeah, is. Stash hates that expression great, so bad. Well, they're competing with great summer weather and the chance to be free after being cooped up after a year. Exactly. So, no, ratings are going to tank for everyone. I even think the blacklist's ratings went down. I think everybody's went like into the toilet. So uh, anything that was successful last summer is going to have a little bit of a drop this year. Well, even the Bad Batch, their ratings are absolutely horrid. Yeah, nobody. It looks like nobody's watching the show. Which well, sucks. Are, is, are you guys? Yeah, I yeah. But my moment of geek <laughs> today was I think I'm watching the Bad Batch as I post the Penguins from Madagascar. So, and everybody thought that was actually pretty funny. <laughs> but it's not. It's not generating the buzz and interest that I think everyone was hoping for. Everyone was looking at COVID numbers, and when there's a chance to run, they're going to run. It's kind of sad, though, because in in Bad Batch, they had a pretty big uh, return Yeah, last week for anybody that watched The Clone Wars. And it's kinda, it kind of sucks that it, didn't, it dropped off this week because it wasn't a huge lore dump, but there was a big chunk of the story that they they're playing with now. Yes. So well, we knew it would happen, it was just a matter of when. Yeah. And it, it's actually interesting what they're doing with the story. So I think a lot of it is just the as Smurf said, we're gonna see universal drops in viewing because we can get out and be free. Like I went to my first like private barbecue over the weekend and it felt really nice to get out of the house and just sit there and talk to people for a couple hours. Oh yeah. Yeah I did that last weekend um went to a pool party at a friend's place. There was their housewarming they have a pool in their backyard. God, it was so nice. so nice. Yeah, this was a tiki party that had a slip and slide and a hot. Yeah, I don't do slip and slides or any sort of inflatable water toys ever again. Well, and we actually had a, a con this weekend. I wasn't able to attend because I was working um, at my job. But there, we had a con in Colorado Springs. The Comic and Toy Con happened. I was there. There was a decent amount of people from what I've heard. Uh, yeah, yeah, it had a, a decent, decent turnout. Um, so Dre says, got high, missed both Bad Batch and Lego Masters. Uh, she wants to know if she should go back and rewatch. Yes. No. Okay. Shut up, you didn't even watch them. Dre, go, go, Dre, go back. Get on, uh, Disney Plus, rewatch Bad Batch. And Lego Masters, where can we find that on streaming? That's on Hulu. There you go. Or if you got it on, if you got Comcast, it's on demand. That's how I have to watch it. We got you. That's how I watched it. Yeah, but actually, uh, not only did we have the Comic and Toy Con in Colorado Springs that I was able to go to with uh, two of our young protégés that help us out here on the cast, uh, young Ella and her, her bestie, um, who gave away all of our 
card business cards that we had left over from last year. So need to order more. Because um, they had a lot of fun with that. Huh? How was the con, though, Bobby? Uh, tiny. Well, and it was the same weekend as E3, so that makes sense. Well, it was also <laughs> the same weekend as the All Seas uh, event happening up here in Denver. But no, not just, like, the lack of attendees, but, like the number of vendors and cosplayers like people with actual tables well, so I um, that were invited and they turned down their invitations yeah so Thank if you, you guys uh remember colorado springs comic-con um of 19 it was held in the same space um that so comic and toy con was held in the same space that the colorado springs comic-con was held in but only on one floor, right? Oh, so they didn't have both floors. And they only had vendors along the outside edge. Oh, wow. Where is with the Comic-Con? Yeah. Only on people. the outside edge. The center oh. only had the Toys for Tots train in the middle. That was it. Wow. That's weird. That is, That's not a- true. They had the 501st set up in the middle for photos. Yeah, that's still a small show, though. It was so tiny. It was yeah. so tiny. Did they have a, uh, any PlayStations? Like, any areas for actually No gaming spots set up. Nothing. Not a thing. Nary a thing. It was nice to see some of my old con people. You know, we definitely had that moment of, oh my god, you're not dead! And honestly, that's it's not a big surprise that it wasn't huge. It's the first yeah. one in this area, really. I mean, yeah. But it I mean, also trying, you know. was not the most organized ever. So um, Tank and I actually had a discussion after last week's show because I thought the con was free because on their Facebook page, it said free admission. On their website, it said $5 at the door. Or you could, I guess, pre-purchase tickets. At the door, they were cash only. And they were giving out these little blue raffle tickets as your ticket for entry. Okay. So there were people who were leaving the con after 15 minutes. (laughs) And just giving those blue tickets to people walking around. Oh, ouch. I mean, that isn't really surprising, but that is not a smart way to do that. No, that's not. are a thing for a reason. You know what? It serves them right. It really does. So is is this the same people who ran it previously? No. Yeah, the ones that ran it out of that hotel, it's the same ones. Oh, is it the same ones that were running it out of the whatever that hotel is that I could Madison or whatever it was over there? I thought it was out of the Double Tree. Maybe it's a Double Tree, but it's the, regardless, it okay. is the same. It's the same group. It's not their first rodeo. rodeo. Well, it sure did before. feel like a first rodeo. It it was a mess. Well, maybe someone decapitated the head on that one, and there's a new person in charge or something. It's I not. mean, 
It's and, and, and they screwed up that badly? Yes. Wow. I, I heard all about it. So people who went to the Toy and, and, and Comic Show in the Springs ended up coming to where I was at the All Seas Fan Expo, which was free to attend uh, rather quickly after attending that show. So I, I heard a lot of the overflow and problems and everything that Bobby's explaining. So yeah. I heard in detail what, what went well, on. So we have we have a lot of pictures. I had I heard a little bit about it. I, I'm sure that the girls probably told you some on Sunday. Very little. Most of what I heard was from people that uh, ended up coming down to the flea market where we had our little pavilion set up. A lot of the people that were in the pavilion well, with me were actually supposed to be vendors there and didn't go. It probably made more money. Actually, there was a vendor that was at the All Seas Expo who lives in the Springs and would rather drive to our expo than set up at the the toy one in the Springs. Well, no, I, mean, I uh, sense with the hundred people that showed up to the one in the Springs. I talked to a bunch of the vendors that were there. Uh, at the ones, one in the Springs. And they were saying, you know, it's not bad for the first one back. And then I talked to a couple of the vendors that I know. And they told you the truth? And they were like, Bobby, the only reason we're here is to see you. Uh, yeah, I, was, I was unfortunately told by customers, customers of mine that uh, some of the vendors at... Uh, the toy and comic convention were being a bit aggressive with their pricing. Yes. Oh, that's, that's running rampant. Like more than normal. There's always a surplus at cons. There's always a little bit of a bump in the price, but apparently it was more than normal. Well, okay. Well, so there are some vendors who are like special con pricing. And then they'll put like a fake price and then they'll put the discounted price that they've oh, yeah. put up for the con, right? There was one vendor who put their discounted con price as 95 cents less, right? So normal price, than what? normal price, <laughs> $15.95, con price, $15. Oh, so they're selling figures. No, those, figures. those were books. For what kind of books? Trades? No, chapter books. Just comics. The, the The comic book pricing is completely out of control. I saw it all weekend. I hell, I even got away with one. So, I'm I can't complain. But the the recent Rona spurge that we have seen in the collector's world continues as the con startup. So everyone is still charging the Rona pricing that the um, pandemic encouraged. So well, that's, I think it, I heard it was over that. Like, yeah. We know that there's a spike and that's been happening yeah. steadily, but I heard that the pricing was even over what has been the pricing lately. Some of the people that are pricing their books are pricing them as if they were slab books. Yeah, and that's what I was hearing. Is that going we're trading? We're trying to try charge graded prices yes. for laws, and I was like, yes. "That's not going to happen at any." It point. did. It yeah. did. 
Mm-hmm. I saw a uh, first Miles Morales show for 500 bucks. I sold my Young Avengers number one for 450. Uh, so we have a comment that just came in that says, uh, what language are you speaking toys? Like the funs ones that buzz? Uh, so probably do. Some of them light up, some of them buzz. Most of them have karate action. But they, they, uh, they have kung fu grip. Mm-hmm. If it were the kind of toys that you're talking about, I have a feeling that the con would have been better attended. Yeah. Everyone definitely would left with a smile. <laughs> do, you, do you think we'll see a return to traditional pricing sometime soon? Or do you think they're going to try and ride this COVID high as long as they can? They're going to ride it until it crashes. Yep. Right until it crashes. going to bump up everything in comics. If comics go up, then that means, you know, stuffed yeah. animals will go up. Yeah. DVDs will go up. You know, action figures, all that stuff is going to be severely inflated. Well, that has gone up. Hasbro increased their prices again. Yes. Mm-hmm. So a figure that's already coming out, like the one I just showed, is normally 50 bucks if you can find it in target or walmart now everyone at the con is selling them anywhere from 60 to 75 gi joe figures that just came out that are 20 dollars already up to 45 to 50 bucks well and they raised yeah. uh from i talked to a few people around here um the two distribution price has gone up for uh, action figures even for like the legends and the selects and stuff like that um, and this is after pre-sales. So now the vendors and retailers have to either increase their price that they've already pre-sold, which is you have to pay more when you pick it up, or they get stuck with what they already sold it for, which basically killed the profit margin. Yeah. yeah. Here's the funny part of it. You can pay more for a newer action figure than you can for some of the vintage stuff. Some of the vintage stuff is going cheaper than the newer stuff that's being released. Yeah. Which is overproduced. Yeah. So, Smurf, if you made $450 on one comic book, that means you're buying me a drink, right? I'll make you a drink. I'll buy you a drink. Hell, I'll buy you a couple of bottles, whatever you like. (laughs) It's, It's pride, which is basically gay Christmas. So, come on, guys. Presents, gimme. <laughs> if you come by the bar, I will be more than happy to make you a cocktail. And I'll give you a walk away gift. Which bar and when? I will pick Fox up and we will make that shit happen. <laughs> come to the bar at the studio. All right, done. I would, I would like to check out the studio. That sounds pretty dope. And we've got more stuff added to it. We got a new sponsor that we'll be repping for that I actually I will be presenting at the nightclub and liquor con the 29th and 30th in Vegas. So I will be on stage in Vegas presenting to all of the local and national clubs across the country. Ooh, fabulous. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Also, you suck. <laughs> it's going to be a very fun couple of days, but... We do have the new bar. We do have the new sponsor. We have a whole, whole, whole lot of stuff. Bobby's actually uh, done a photo shoot for P3 in the, the studio space. Um, she actually even wrestled my microphone between her 
voluptuous breasts, which they still carry a certain scent, if you will. Uh, I can't wait to see that. And and you can see that too if you join P3, become a noble. Petfed.com. Absolutely. But it's a fun place, and I'll let you guys know more as we get closer to it. I'll probably even snap a couple of pics, but it's a busy day. All right. Stash, are you ready to dive headfirst into E3, or you want to go over some more stuff that we have on the agenda? We can just let him let him go. He wants to. Let's roll it. Look look how antsy he is in that fucking chair. Just let him go. I think he's just got a video game chair. Put put the time in him. Sorry. So E3 started technically on Saturday. But there was the Summer Game Fest, which overlaps with it. So the pre-show started on Thursday. And that show was two different days. And it also encapsulates a couple of other events afterwards. And we have gotten so many fucking announcements. Like, the E3 we didn't have last year has definitely... It has come back with interest because two different days and it was so many fucking events. I am like the we didn't have last year has definitely there. There you go. All right. Now start over and exactly repeat everything that you just said with the same tonality from the beginning. Oh, don't worry. It was recorded in speaker, so. But no, E3 has been just massive this year. The sheer number of press conferences. I have been watching nothing but press conferences since Thursday. And my eyes hurt and I'm tired. And like I haven't been sleeping well because like I didn't even see them all because I missed some. Because I slept through them because they started so early in the damn morning. It's like, this E3 has been very interesting. I think in many ways it's what E3 is going to evolve into in the future because I don't think we're going to see the giant in-person conventions in quite the same way we did, especially with a video game convention. But Overall, I think it's been outstanding. It has just been incredibly difficult to try and keep up with. Uh, what about you guys? Any thoughts on it so far? I I felt like it had quite a bit of unnecessary filler, but I just wanted to get to the good stuff personally. Um, I for most of the like major uh, game studios, I was honestly not that impressed with what I saw nothing too too exciting more for people who like things like Far Cry and Halo if that's your jam then that was very exciting I'll tell you what really tickled my pickle though is uh all of the indie game announcements um I really yeah I really enjoyed uh Day of the Devs I have pages of notes so I'm gonna try to keep this brief a few games that uh, really caught my interest were, uh, and if you know me, you won't be surprised, Stash. Yes. Um, Garden Story, obviously, coming out I this was year. actually going to send that to you. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Uh, 
Road 96 looks like a fun one. Uh, that one looks really yeah, that it looks fucked up and like really engrossing. Yes. Um, Wandering Village, uh, Unbeatable, uh, Death Door, the one where you're like a little little crow grim reaper. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I so there's been like a lot of like retro uh, aesthetic show. Um, yeah, retro got really big about six years ago, and we're kind of like in the mid part of that research. All right, yeah. Uh, Mark that- says, oh, "Sorry, Fox uh, says Final Fantasy Jack against Chaos looks fun, but full of awful characters and dialogue." Yeah, I wasn't impressed. Yeah, none of Square Enix press conference outside of Guardians of the Galaxy was very disappointing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, um, oh, but I was going to mention with the retro aesthetic, um, one game that I think does it really well is that horror game Walk. It looks really fucked up. I don't know if I saw that one. I could. It's the one where you play as a... a young Japanese girl walking home and just, like, trying not to get caught by this, like, really fucked up monster. Um, I don't no, think I, I can play it, but I would love to watch someone else play it. That's like and a that's what people people I mean, I saw a tremendous amount of horror and suspense titles this year, and yeah. it makes sense with, like, a year of COVID. Um, everyone has like this emotional tension, and that is very good fuel for games like that. But at the same time, I'm like, I kind of want my my Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter, my Monster Rancher games and stuff like that. Things that are just happy and happy that will help me forget about this shit show of the year that <laughs> well, I they, they announced Slime Rancher too. They did, and it looks so ridiculous. It looks so good. <laughs> I, um, it is very over the top in the best way. Oh, it really is, and like it's unreal that it's just another game on Game Pass. Um, but it looks super fun, very interesting. It's nice to see like a plethora of children's games because. Sometimes those get skipped over in E3, but because we had so many indie and smaller broadcast um, uh, panels this year, we saw a lot of indie titles. I don't think I've ever yeah. seen these. River, get, sorry. I apologize. Um, no. River. We all love River. and understand. Some of us understand more than others. So anyway, uh, ooh, they announced Oxenfree 2. I'm they so did. excited. It so excited. Cool. Oh, it so, did you watch the gameplay? No, I haven't yet. Because there was a little uh, bit of gameplay after the press conference, and I was just sitting there watching it being like, this is so weird. <laughs> I want it. I want it. I'll watch it right after we're done. Um yeah, I'm excited about that one. All right. Uh, one of our viewers, Dre, says, geez, my first game was Seventh Guest, Wait, No, Atari, Number Cruncher, the 2000. Oh, fuck me. My first game? I don't even know what my first game was. Uh, shit, man. Something on the NES. 
first I know one, that. The first one I remember uh, was Dark Savior on the Sega Saturn. Um, God, what Great. Smurf is is kind of like feeling feeling what you're putting down right now. Whereas, <laughs> yo, tell me, Smurf, what game was your first game? Did it come in color? Or was it just green? Was it Pong? Yeah. Ooh. Pong on the Atari? Yeah, I, I love have, I still have my original Atari 2600. And I also had a Commodore 64. And I had the ColecoVision. So, yep. First video game I remember playing that I got, like, super into was on a computer that my dad helped build for me. When we were stationed out in D.C. the first time when we were on the Maryland side and it was the Winter Olympics, it was in the green screen, you know, right. And had the joystick and you had to use the mouse at the same time. And to get the perfect sit spin, you had to push the button on the joystick and spin and push space bar. So her leg went out. Otherwise, the Russian judge gave you a low score if you only had her sit while she was spinning. You had to have the leg out with the toe pointed. Otherwise, you got low scores. The fucking Russian judge. I'm telling you, this right. was this was 1989. I'm wondering, uh, probably Road Rush on Sega. <laughs> Dre says, "You young folks, get out of my yard." Uh, that would have it would have to be either Road Rush or Sonic because I had a Sega first. So I agree. All you young punks get off my lawn. <laughs> All right. Well, I uh, I actually have some uh, pretty detailed notes about this, so we can kind of go in order if you don't mind me leading the discussion and just like asking you guys questions. Um, oh, you can we, I can as well. I have it as well. We talked a little bit about Day of the Devs. Uh, if anybody has any final words about that before we move on to day one, pretty good press conference. Yeah, it's. I will say that. Yeah, fancy. Um. Uh, is day one the pre-show? Oh, okay, that's technically day two. Yeah. Is yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, it's E 3s day one, but it's like the summer okay. game fest did the pre-show. All right. But summer games fest, like the big performance, uh, the big thing they had was they just had a. Uh, Oh my god. Uh, Elden Ring. They announced Elden Ring's release date and trailer, which is probably the most hyped game of last year and continuing through this year. And the fact it was announced there was very interesting and it looks incredible. It is so dark and spoopy and scary. It is the game that was written by George R.R. Martin and created by the developers who create Dark Souls and Demon Souls and stuff like that. Yeah. So it is a Souls-like game with the lore from George R.R. R. Martin, which that I think is... That doesn't buy any credit. I, I'm sorry. Ever since George R.R. R. Martin can't fucking finish a goddamn story, I'm not putting a whole lot of faith in him able to write a complete video game. The graphics might be great. The characters look awesome. But you know what? Martin wrote it. I'm going to wait for judgment because I have no faith <laughs> at all in that project. 
I, I don't know. I mean, everything I've seen looks great. And the thing is, you can't make a game with your uh, writer just sitting in the background. He needs yeah. to write it or they need to find someone else because a game can't wait to be created. So like, somebody else wrote it. And that's he not got how development works. So. Well, no, they're saying he had a lot of they, he had a lot of involvement in it. Apparently, okay. Yeah, that's, that's what they're thinking, and it looks like if you've seen the trailer, it looks like his influence is pretty heavy on there. Yeah, it looks like what would happen if you mashed Game of Thrones with. Um, we'll Demon see. Souls, Dark Souls, yeah, Dark Souls, we'll Demon Souls, one of those. It's yeah. basically the spiritual successor to that line of games. You had I me. Mean, they had me until they said George R. R. Martin, and then I was like, "No, arms up in the air. No, <laughs> no, no." I don't know. Can't finish oh. He can finish a book. He just can't finish more than that without rambling on like a crazed motherfucker. And how many penises are we going to see in the making of this video game? How many penises gave up their lives to finish this video game? Mm. Not enough. How many penis points are there? Not enough penises right, well, have died for this creation. All right. Well, let's continue with the Ubisoft. Yeah, let's continue with E3 coverage because we have a ton to get through. Uh, Alright, Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was <laughs> Thank you, Dre. It was boring as shit, but it was really cool to see the Avatar game. And it's really interesting that they're creating an Avatar game that is a live service game that they're trying to continue with the movies. So the game is supposed to evolve as the movies come out, which I think is very interesting. I it's sure it's interesting to end yeah, it's not necessarily an IP that matters anymore because it's been so long since the last Avatar. Since or the only Avatar. Let's just yes. put that out there. I would be fine with it if we had more material other than a movie. So well, they're supposed to uh, incorporate the second movie, and it's supposed to come out right around the same time as the second movie. I'm going to be 100% honest. I see Defiance Part 2 happening. Yeah. yeah, you're not wrong. I have thoughts about the second movie coming out. What, you don't think it'll actually happen until we're all dead? Pretty much. Because he's writing the second, it. third, and fourth movie all at the same time? Avatar, a generation in the making. Yeah, like literally three, three movies at once. <laughs> Uh, well, no, Dre, that was not the Airbender thing. We do not talk about that movie. That movie does not exist. There was no Airbender movie. We're going mean, to see him walk out with, you know, shoe, you know, tissue boxes on his feet and a jar full of piss pretty soon, I think. Probably. Well, what else was Ubisoft? Wasn't Guardians Ubisoft? No, Guardians is for Enix. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for Ubisoft, we had uh, Far Cry 6. Which Dude, the last we, one cry was difficult as fuck. I don't know if I'm ready for a six. Jean Carlo, this one looks with John Carlo. John Carlo, uh, I think it looks really, really good. It's just Far Cry isn't known for being innovative. No. They're always just I, kind of good shooters. So we'll see. 
I have never played a Far Cry game. I have never wanted to play a Far Cry game. I kind of want to play Far Cry 6. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little concerned about how they're going to handle the politics. Um, and uh, the, a little worried about that. Um, but... Well, was decent there was a big announcement that they did say they are going to embrace the politics and make it politically oriented. I mean, are they going to address the fact that America is the reason that this country is like this? Like, well, I don't know. We'll see when the game comes out. But they, they originally were trying to say it's a non-political game. And then everyone was like, are you fucking kidding me? Does anybody remember? Like, Far, Far Cry's history is kind of geared towards fighting against everything. Like, traditional society in every conceivable way. Yeah, like Far Cry Five was was basically based around right wing psychopaths taking over a small town. Yeah, you're running for like most of that game. Yeah, like yeah. they 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 do not give a fuck what anyone's feelings are about politics. They I know, which is the interesting thing that they tried to make it non political at first. I was like, okay, I think they were just trying to. I think that was backlash. From the what happened with Far Cry Five, I think it was too. But I'm glad they finally turned their shit around and yeah, were like, "Okay, this is this is going to be political. How can you create something like this that isn't political?" Well, yeah, and they they are very counterculture, especially in, in the way they approach their games. I mean, I don't see they're not innovative in the way that the game plays, but they do take risks in the story they're willing to tell. Sometimes, Thank you. so I think it should be fun at least, even if it's you know the basic you know same basic shit that Border Cry always is. But, All right, we need to move along because we have so much more. Uh, Assassin's Creed is getting a an update. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah, yeah new expansion. Uh, uh, Vikings in Ireland. I'm into yeah. it. Yeah, it looks really good, and they just released a new DLC, so. It's kind of shocking that they're already announcing another one. It's a pretty fun game, though. So I will say that. Yeah. Uh, Dre says the adored ones got greenlit. Dre, is that? Are you talking about a video game that I am not aware of? You guys know the adored ones. Uh, doesn't ring a bell. I don't remember. Oh, oh no, she's talking about a Marvel movie. Never mind. She's completely off topic. Continue with the E three discussion. Uh, right. Speaking of movies that are relevant, though, uh, Werewolves Within was announced. The trailer was dropped. Uh, Dude, it so good. It does, and I'm really excited. Cause I'm excited because I love Sam Richardson, uh, who is in I Think You Should Leave Now, the sketch comedy show, and Detroiters. He is so funny. Well, that movie looks hilarious. I am so excited to see it. I mean, we'll see how it goes. Video game movies aren't known for being great, but they also, like, that, that game was a medieval game, and they brought into the modern era, so clearly they don't hold the game to any real stance. It's just like, we'll do whatever we want, throw the name on there. Yeah. Anything else for uh, Ubisoft or Day uh, 2, technically? Not, not, not big. Nothing worth mentioning. <clears throat> All right. Uh, next up, 
was uh, Xbox, Bethesda, and Square Enix. Jesus, they had a field day. Yeah, they did. <laughs> so I think this was one of the best press conferences that we have ever gotten from a video game uh, company, period. Like, okay. they did an exceptional job. They just had banger after banger after banger on games. Well, and they got their first... had a whole year to prepare. It should be. Jesus. Well, and we got our first Xbox exclusive Bethesda title. Yes, which I told you, I told you, Tay, as soon as I saw it written on there and they brought it up like five times, I was like, oh, doggy. I am going to grind this in the tank's face on Monday. <laughs> oh, I'm so short-sighted, though. I don't understand. It's not short-sighted at all. It to you. So the thing is, I think Xbox, well, I know, Xbox is pushing to put their app on anything. So eventually, in, I don't know, a few more years, I envision you're going to be playing these games on your phone. and You're not going to need a console. And they want to promote Game Pass. That's what all of this is for, is to grow Game Pass. You can and already link your Xbox to your phone and play like portions of the game yeah. already on your phone. It's it's where yeah. Xbox is pushing the marketplace. Make no it doubt is. about it. They know exactly what they're doing. This is this is they have an agenda and they're pushing that agenda. Yeah, it's it's a huge deal, and it makes sense because they're. I don't think they're ever going to reach the console saturation that PlayStation has. It's like, but now they're not playing that game anymore. Now they're, they're like, okay, we're going to have so many games that you need to at least have Game Pass. And if they have your $15 a month, that's enough for them. Yeah. It's like, it's... It's a brilliant marketing strategy. They're trying to become the Netflix of gaming, and they're succeeding, and there's no competition for them yet. It's a brilliant strategy, even if it's one I don't necessarily love. I'm not saying I don't like what they did with the Fallout announcements. Um, you mean the, uh, the update to New Vegas or shit? What's it called? Uh, so 76. 76, yeah. yeah 76. The problem is the pit already exists. It was Fallout 3. That was. I, I know I was kind of excited that they were going back to the pit, though. I was like, alright, let's do it bigger and better. Although I don't give a shit about Fallout 76. I'm wondering if they're going to do it bigger and better. <laughs> it's literally going to be an updated system and like, oh, here you go, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but it's... That irritated me in a way that I didn't expect, I will say. Yeah. But I think we've seen the last four consoles. I think we're going digital. Xbox is going to push us. They're going to make us go into it. And well, I don't know. Have you been saying that for a year since phone. since the last uh, round of consoles were announced? You had said then that that was going to be the last round of consoles. Yep. And Xbox is just kind of reaffirming it with what they released and are pushing at the E3. Well, it might be their last line of consoles. Nintendo's never going to stop making consoles. Nintendo's not, but they they got a different niche. I mean, they're they're family, they're kid oriented. That's that's their target. If this, is this. Well, PlayStation's got to come up with something. PlayStation's not going to be left behind by Xbox. Oh no! And we and I'm assuming that you know they stepped away this year again from E3, but 
they have to have their state of play coming soon, I'm assuming. It's yeah. got to be coming up in the near future. I believe they said towards the end of the month is yeah. going to be the state of play. Yep. I will say Hades coming to the Game Pass. Is really that is a big deal. One of the That's best games of last year, and it is coming like starting to yeah. Game Pass. Yeah, like, Game Pass on the 13th of August. I was like, yeah, oh, that's, that's a big swing. <laughs> that was a huge swing. I did not expect that. I've been waiting for that game. And, like, the funny thing is, like, it's coming to Game Pass the same time it's coming to Sony, which means that you can get it for free on Xbox with Game Pass or you can pay for it. Yeah, which is essentially what they did with the MLB The Show already. Yep, they did that with MLB The Show. They did it with Outriders. Outriders. New games. And it's like, that's their big pitches for Game Pass. It's like, it's not necessarily that you can only play it there. It's that you can play, you it, for free. play it there for free. Well, and Why then they did, game, you can rent it in infinity and beyond. And what they did with Halo by basically giving Halo Infinite the uh, COD Warzone treatment. It's like, oh, the multiplayer's free. Yeah. Don't have to pay for anything. Just come on in. Multiplayer's free. It's and it's a great way to build out your um, your roster of mm. players. Like, why wouldn't you play it? Mm. I can't think of a reason. <laughs> it's like, I'm probably going to give it a shot. I'm not a big Halo fan. But, like, I'll, obviously, I have Game Pass. So, mm. it's like, that's kind of irrelevant in that regard. Because I get the story for yeah, free anyway. also. But uh, the fact that they're doing everything to bring people into that game is a really big deal. I'm really curious to see how it goes. They went into a deep conversation about it today. I didn't have a chance to watch it just because I had too much to watch. And there's a couple of things I needed to rewatch before Mm -hmm. we spoke about things. But... Um, Halo was a big move. I, I mean, we didn't even talk about like Starfield being the very first thing they come out with. Oh, yeah, Bethesda game, and Tom Howard came out like like the Bethesda head came out and introduced Microsoft, and it just it's forcing people to see how close these studios are now. They are. It's no longer Bethesda and Microsoft. It's them together as one. Well, and that one was, thing, happy family. Yep. Yeah. They all sit around and sing Kumbaya. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's awesome to see because that's a lot of what Xbox needed. And like the games they had that like they get from those studios is incredible. I'm looking for one specific one. Uh, uh, Orders 2021. No, the something extra, the red something. Uh, Redfall. 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 Yes, the vampire one. Like, that's a Bethesda game, too. It's like they they bookended the Microsoft uh, press conference. Bethesda did, not to mention a few other things they had scattered through. It's like that is an incredible level of integration 
for a purchase that just finalized this year. I mean, it it's very, very big, and it's Microsoft's big move for the future. Well, and then it's, it's so many other things. I mean, they did Psychonauts. Oh, I've so been wanting to bring that up so bad. Yeah, Psychonauts 2. Come on, that's huge. Oh, what, what is it, like 15 about, years? I had nightmares about the meat surface for years. <laughs> that's horrifying and not surprising. <laughs> Hey, it was like this level I could not get past in the first game. And it just gave me nightmares. Um, Back for Blood, which is basically just Left for Dead 3. Yeah, what makes it different from Left for Dead? Uh, Left for Dead, yeah, Left for Dead is technically owned by uh, uh, the fuck. The people who make Steam. Uh, I can't remember that studio. Engineers. Um, um, engineers. Cooks. Um, scientists. People who make Steam. No, you're being exceedingly unhelpful, but I appreciate no, it. <laughs> Monkey. Horse. Panda. Um, no. Flesh uh, fair. Okay, but... Oh, so, all the creators of... The Left 4 Dead still wanted to make another game, but they lost the rights to the IP. So they couldn't make another Left 4 Dead. So they went and made in their own studio, they made essentially a clone that was a better version of that game. Well, it's, and it, it's they, Valve, by the way. Thank you, for fuck's sake. That's all I was looking for. Valve. I thought we were just yelling different things. Well, I wanted to actually answer his question so he didn't blow his brains out later. Uh, Dre suggested Flesh Fair. Um, but because they lost the right... Although staff, now I kind of want to organize an event called that. Oh, when Valve had their whole... their whole thing happen. Yeah, a lot right, of those friends kind of went sideways. Mm-hmm. So that's why Back for Blood exists. And the interesting thing is it's coming out day one on Game Pass, and it is not a Microsoft IP. It is and not is a- technically, but isn't the company that... Um- no. It is not affiliated with Microsoft at all. I thought it was. Um, hang on. I just saw the name of the company on my list. Well, they probably figured they play nice with them, They'll get, you know, preferential treatments and, it's, it's you know, they get, they get invited to the family, so. Well, it's, it's Turtle Rock, who is the one who made the, for, the Left 4 Dead game for Valve. Turtle Rock right. Studios. Um, they don't have, they've been partnered with Microsoft before, so it's not a surprise. I think this is a co, like, Microsoft gave them the money to make this game, essentially. Oh, I know, but, uh. Um, I bet you Microsoft is a co-developer for the game. Microsoft Studios. It doesn't say that? Yeah. Interesting. Um, that is, uh... Even though it's not an Xbox exclusive. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's awesome, though. They they developed with them to make this. Okay, so, because I know Microsoft is sponsoring a bunch of stuff. 
because yeah. they want to support Game Pass. So and that's, I think this is one. That's of probably why this happened. Mm-hmm. But like, it's a perfect game because Left 4 Dead, like, God, that was so much fun. It was, but like, there isn't a whole lot to those games. No. And like, it's it just works. you running around killing zombies and trying to survive for as long as you can. Yeah, it's, it's one of those ones that you can jump in for 20, 30 minutes and in and out without having some huge storyline to follow. Yeah, and that's why it's a perfect Game Pass game because you don't have to spend the $60, $70 for it. You can just play it whenever you want. I mean, I imagine they're probably going to take it off Game Pass at some point because it isn't technically owned by Microsoft, but probably, you're probably going to get at least six months to a year of free play. I was going to say, that's usually how it works, though, with them. They, they have a game for six to 12 months on their pass, and then if it's yeah. owned by another company, they let it go. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we'll... Uh, We'll see how it goes. Like, I'm really excited for that game. It looks super fun. They had their own press conference that was 20 minutes long. That was just about their PvP. That looked really interesting. And then Xbox, you know, leaning into the joke with the uh, mini fridge announcement. I will say I appreciated that. I kind of want it so bad. I'm going to interrupt you. I want it so bad. Because it's kind of turning into the Stash and Tank show. Sorry. Which we love you guys. Fox had some great information before, but at this point, like I'm just taking notes on what you guys are saying and I'm lost. I will. There's one other thing that I wanted to bring up. Okay. uh, You can tell I'm super not a console gamer because. Plus there's also the fact that I worked all weekend and did not watch any of E3. Uh, yeah, there's uh, one more thing that I wanted to bring up from Absolutely. the uh, Microsoft Day, and that is Life is Strange 2. It looks so good. It does. It looks, well, it's technically yeah, it's Life is They did like the prequel series after yeah. they did the first series, so You got a uh, new power. You do, and if you get the deluxe version, you get the upscale version of the last two Life of Stranges for free. Oh, I didn't know that. I knew that they were uh, releasing them, but I didn't realize you uh, could buy it all in a bundle. Yep, they're up them, so yeah. they're just a little prettier. They're still pretty ugly, but they're prettier <laughs> than they were. The new one is very pretty. Uh, yes, yes it is. And I think, um, shit, what's it, it, her ability is essentially empathy. I think that's a very interesting dynamic for storytelling. And it's, it just makes me think of Psychonauts, because that's essentially like the gist of Psychonauts. You're using your power to go into people's heads. It's the same power. It's just very, very different, totally. Mm-hmm. All right. Wrong. Anything else from day? What, what is that? Technically, day three. Uh, it's, yeah. It's technically it's like really weird to think because it's like yeah. technically day two, 
but it's also kind of like in day three if you count the pre-show. Yeah. So, so do we count uh, the pre-show or no? I think we should because we got big announcements at it. Okay. It's technically not part of it. So. Um, All right. How about today? Was uh, that today or yesterday? Let's go yesterday still because we need to talk about Square. Because we need to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, because that game uh, looks amazing. It looks like so much fun. Yes. Can't wait to play Star Lord. Oh yeah, dude, that's your text alert on my phone. Is Star Lord? I. It's this is a very different Star Lord. This yeah. is it's heavily influenced by the comics, and it's very different. Uh, it's the same totally. The music choice is just as great. Um, they, they did the hero also, uh, Bonnie Tyler. Hold on to a hero or whatever that's called. I, I need a hero? Yes. I'm holding out for a hero. Off of the Footloose soundtrack originally. Yeah, yeah. I'm holding out for a hero. Yes, that one. Uh, but I mean, I was really surprised to see this game and to see them make a single player game where you don't directly control the rest of the guardians. I thought it was very interesting and it looks very well done. I'm it seems like it's, it seems like it's kind of like a uh, dragon age kind of feel. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a really good reference, Fox. <clears throat> Sometimes I have smart things to say. Often, you have smart things You to very say. often have smart things to say. I just <clears throat> like it better when you make dinosaur dick jokes. Uh, and Dre yeah, says, I do too, honestly. Dre says, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was awesome. Uh, she is a very big fan of the soundtrack. So I uh, we'll see what this game turns out. It's coming out like at the end of this year, not even the very end of this year. I think it's like August or September. So it's like early, uh, late Q three, early Q four. Yeah, so we're getting it not too very long, and it looks really fun. I think it's going to be the the game I pre order. <clears throat> oh, and it should it it's made by the same people that do uh, Dos X, right? But it's the IDOS group out of Montreal. Uh, yes, it is. I IDOS Montreal. So. Yeah. So it's the same ones that do uh, Dos X. Yeah. Or do X or however. Deus Ex. Deus Ex. That uh, game. I, was trying, I thought you were referencing the alcohol and I was so confused. Yeah, Dos Ex. The same people who do Dos Ex. <laughs> Dosecki's made game. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, everything I've seen so far looks promising. I'm excited. We'll see how things go. Well, and it looks like it might have taken some inspiration from Mass Effect, I guess. Yeah. Where there is yeah. choice, like it's a, there is kind of a choice-driven structure to it. It, it does. I mean, the flip-flopping behind uh, Groot and Rocket mm -hmm. on who is the better prisoner, which, let's be fair, Rocket should have been in the cage. Um, 
I thought that was very interesting dynamic. I'm curious if we'll maybe get, you know, branching uh, ends so. of the game. It would be nice for replayability. I wouldn't be surprised if there's DLCs of the other characters that kind of intertwine or like side missions and stuff like that for that game. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited to see where it goes. It was one big announcement that I just, I should have expected, but I didn't. I didn't either, honestly. That one surprised me a little bit. Yeah. Um... The rest of Squares, like, their press conference was kind of boring and small. And, like, a little lame if we're being 100% honest. Uh, and I still don't Staff, know why they are the king of the sugar coating. <laughs> um, but, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the other press conference was that day, but... If I can't remember it, it isn't worth mentioning. Fox, is it in your notes? What? Sorry. Do you know what came after the the Square Enix? Uh, Apparently wasn't interesting enough for me to write it down. Oh, there we go. (laughs) All right, if nobody remembers. There you go. I don't either. I have no idea. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about this new <coughs> console, uh, that was announced today, the Amico. It's been announced for a while, but yeah. it, it's weird. And it's very, I'm certainly not going to get one, but there are a couple of things that I kind of like. It's kind of like innovative. They're doing some interesting things, uh, and they do not allow loot boxes, which I'm like, fuck yeah, take a stand against predatory gambling. Uh, I, I really appreciate that. So that's all I really have to say about it. I mean, I'm curious. Hang on, I'm trying to pull up a picture of it, make sure I actually know. Yeah, this is the one that's made by Intellivision. Yeah, I just don't remember what it looks like. Bing is like the worst. <clears throat> um, but I do know they, they're the ones that are releasing their games on like a monthly cycle. Yeah. And like they just randomly drop new games for you, which is, I think, a very interesting idea. Unfortunately, we're not going to see any real success with a new console like this. Well, and they're not. It's just going to be a specialty item. Yeah. This, this is going to exist in the same vein as the NES Mini and the stuff like that, I think. Because it's, it's not really new games. They're mostly well, Oh, there is a new game, though. Earth, mm-hmm. A new Earthworm Gym with the original team. Yeah, it, a lot of it is a lot of the games that are going to be part of it are going to be based in the... They're either going to be divisions of old-school stuff or, you know, reimagining... Well, I was excited about Earthworm Gem, but fine. I will agree with Earthworm Gem. (laughs) Is that a reason to buy a console to play Earthworm Gem? Did they say a price point? Uh, They have before, but I don't remember what it is. is. I was like, I I would pay $150 for that and no more. I think it's actually pretty close to that. I think it might be a little bit more, but not much. Yeah. 
But yeah, it's it's essentially just an Intellivision that they've, for lack of a better word, retropied. Yeah. And you know that's about it. It's it it's cool if you want to play some of the older games. It's a good way to do it to get a bunch of them at once, and to have them uh, take the same path that Nintendo did, and just update their like they did with their online version of the NES Mini, mm-hmm. and just do monthly updates to it. So it'll be it'll work. People will buy it. I probably will eventually play some of those older games. Yeah, I mean, it's nice having the options to do so. I don't necessarily know if I will ever take advantage of it, because that's not really my stick. This is more for people of Smurfs demographic, but um, is that it's cool. Yeah, it's cool to see those markets are still viable. And you have any interest in buying an Amico? You can buy the, the Mini NES or, you know, Mini NES 2 or the Mini Commodore or, I mean, I've seen it before. It's not a reason to buy a console if it doesn't come with the game loaded on it, especially for the price point. And not that long ago, another console tried to enter into the fray and they had a whole Kickstarter program with their own games that they were developing. And that was like in like 20... 15, 2016, and it had a quick spurt, and that was kind of it. Well, what happened? Didn't uh, the Google Stadia have kind of the same thing, too? Pretty much. So, trying to break in with new consoles with previous titles or fun games that they're trying to play on the nostalgia people. Mm-hmm. And I pay, you know what? Let Sega do a mini Genesis game box and Very just. Bring in some re revamped titles. I mean, we've seen it on Xbox. They brought back Ducktales. I love that game on NES. I played so many Okay, Miko uh, is a hundred dollars to pre-order. That's not what, bad. Yeah, that's about what I would pay for it if I were going to get it, which I'm not. Yeah. What does it come with? Does it come with games? Yeah. Uh, I don't see uh, any games. Oh wait, no, a hundred dollar deposit. Wait. Oh, wait. Oh, no, uh-huh. it's just a hundred dollars. Does that include the controllers? Uh, two wireless controllers. Yeah. And the entertainment center and a six six games. But it's it's essentially it's a micro SD expansion. You can store like fifty games on it, and like the ones that they have, uh, the ones that they mentioned. Oh my. I misread. $249.99. Yeah, oh, John. Read those for. Oh, this is um, hard. Yep. Yep, especially when you got the any, you know, the mini NES. You, you, know, can, you can build a retro for a retro pie for like a hundred bucks. Yep. Yes. This is going to crash and burn, guys. Don't even bother. Damn. Save that's money. unfortunate. Yep. It looks, and there's three different models you can get at pre order. You know what? I, I've got an extra mini NES that I will sell you for 200 bucks, and you'll have more enjoyment out of it than, than this punk of shit. And you'll sell I 50 bucks. Because that. <laughs> that is a ripoff. <laughs> I am well aware of how much those are worth. That is my point. <laughs> <laughs> I, have all, all right. I have all of those, though. I have the 
SNES and the NES and the Sega. So. Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else from E3 that is? Yes. Yeah, it was a lot. From that day. Um, yeah. We got uh, some more indie dev announcements. Uh, I was looking at New Blood's uh, new game, Fallen Aces. Uh, it's that noir uh, beat em up. It, I, it looks really cool to me. Um, okay, y'all are going to laugh at me, but I'm very excited about Cat Cafe Manager. Nobody's going to, you know, be surprised. Yeah, I I told you about this game forever ago, and I'm just glad that you're still interested in it. Yeah, um, yeah. So Freedom Studios is putting out a bunch of cool games. I think um, another one that you told me about a long time ago is One Lonely Outpost. It's got a release date. I know. Finally, it has taken forever. Yeah, not until twenty twenty two though. But it's basically Stardew Valley on Mars. I, I can't wait. Oh, fun. It looks really good. Yeah. I mean, I'm not particularly fond of games like that, but I was thinking about maybe giving it a shot. Because this one looks really fun. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, they also announced uh, Dark Deity, uh, which is a new kind of JRPG style game that's supposed to have some interesting new elements. Um, I'd play it. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't look bad. The nice thing about it is it's like only a 30-hour experience and they don't require you to grind in any real way. It's just, it's there for you to experience the narrative. Okay. I might be what it's trying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Capcom? Uh, nothing. It was a boring-ass fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, they did casually mention that uh, Resident Evil 8 uh, Village is getting a DLC. Oh, yeah, because it's it's so popular, because people went so insane over the... Lady Demetrescu? Lady Lady Demetrescu. You bet they're single-handedly inspiring more DLC. 100%. 100%. I hope all that happens in the DLC is you get smothered over and over again in her giant bosom. You know what? Um, I'm just sick motherfuckers to pay for that. Yep. I'm, it's me. I'm sick motherfuckers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. That's for certain. I'm excited, honestly. Like, It's rare that there is so much power uh, from the audience, especially when it's like essentially just a meme. Like, like a meme just made this game grossly successful. Oh yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's cool. I'm excited for those people who have played it because it's probably going to be free DLC. So, pretty good. But they're also just starting development in it which means you're probably waiting at least a year. Uh, one other thing from Capcom that I was excited about is the Great Ace Attorney. I am not surprised. It looks fun. It So I've never actually played one of those games, but I, Neither guess, have I. Super, I guess they're super fun. 
Um, and, they're still making Ace Attorney games, actually. Well, I mean, this is an anthology of three, right? Oh, okay. Um, and they're adding, like, a couple of different game modes and stuff like that, but yeah. it, if you care about those games, like, they're making games for specific audiences, and mm-hmm. it's like, if that audience exists, which I know it does for Ace Attorney, yeah, those are uh, very successful. Yeah, yeah. very successful. So, so we'll see. Yeah. But it's it's cool that they're doing that much for their audience. It's like Capcom has always been pretty good about that, especially with like Monster Hunter and the like. All right. Anything else? Uh, Razor was talking about their new technology. That was the that last. dude was that dude was so intense. Yes, he was, and he was so boring. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he was intense so boring. Uh, he managed. Yeah. It was really funny because they kept saying ultra or super or ultra or mega or like, all of these like really bad qualifying words. It was it was terrible. Beat him a dummy. Just get him just just tanked out. Just call it quits. You yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's impressive technology. Games have evolved in the last. Uh, technology has evolved in the last year. Who would have thought? Yeah. Oh, and Razor is always kind of pushing that. So yeah. And tomorrow is Nintendo, and we will discuss that next week because. I'm very excited to see what Nintendo has to offer. Pokemon, Zelda, Mario. Yep, Pokemon. I don't know if Zelda's. In. I don't think it's Zelda time yet. A lot of people they'll, do. They'll say something about Zelda. We'll see. It's gonna be. It's Mario's year. It's. It, they're not gonna have anything with Zelda because they pulled back all the Mario merch to go. This is like a big anniversary for Mario, so we're gonna see like. Mario everything. Zelda will be next no, year. No, Mario was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, that was last year. Yeah, they didn't do anything. They postponed everything. So I have a feeling yeah. they're going to shit ton of Mario. Well, we've already heard what Mario's doing. They they announced uh, the Mario and Rabbids. Rabbids, yeah. Yeah. I, I bet they're going to follow them with more. Maybe not, but I would be surprised if, if, if they brought Zelda up because they don't want to eclipse Mario. Yeah, I don't... Maybe. I, I want to say it's a special anniversary for, it's either Zelda or Pokemon. Pokemon's done its 25th anniversary. Yeah, we that, covered that already. Getting, you know, that Arceus and then the yeah. remakes of uh, yeah, so they're gonna They're definitely going to hit up some Pokemon stuff. Yeah, I'm guessing that's going to be a big chunk of it. Yeah. And they said it's not going to include the uh, next generation Switch. Which is stupid. It's it's gonna happen. It's necessary <laughs> because, like, the switch is kind of shitty. Like, That's no weird. offense intended, but like technologically, it, it's not very competitive. Well, no, but that's why they're doing the Switch Pro. Exactly. That's like. We'll see. I mean, they sold on Xboxes and Playstations, so yeah. I'm sure it'll happen. If nothing else, they'll create an artificial market like they did with the 
everything else they ever saw. Yep. So, very next week, we will be back with more E3 news. God, I can't imagine that happening. Also, we will give you our thoughts on Loki, because just frankly, we ran out of time. And whatever show may strike our fancy. But in the meantime, laugh hard, run fast, and always be kind. Give us a share, give us a like. Good night.